I am singer-songwriter Kyle Davis, and this room sounds great. And I started the song with my capo on the wrong fret. And and if anybody plays music, it was so bizarre. That was that was that's probably my worst moment in in musical history. I kind of just beat it into the ground until it exists, you know. I, I just enjoy a little bit of simplicity, much more so than when I used to like to stay on the go all the time. Hello, everybody out there in our podcast community. Thank you so much for your support, for pushing play and listening to This Room Sounds Great. We know you're busy, you know, sitting in traffic or cleaning up your external hard drive, and we just couldn't be more grateful that you decided to listen to us entertain you while you do those things. <laughs> Joining me today is singer-songwriter Kyle Davis. Hello. How are you doing? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm glad to be here. I'm doing great. Yes. This will be your second performance on Shaco Sessions Live in mm-hmm. a few weeks. Yes. You were with us at kind of the beginning, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, it was early on, and it was a very stripped-down uh, um, um, session. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about what 2021 has has been like for you now that things are kicking back into gear. We I used to ask everybody, how has the landscape of your life and your work changed? Um, but now let's just start from where we are moving forward. <laughs> you know, just kind, kind of putting things back together. I had, I had spent like two years making, uh, making this last record, Make It Count. And uh, we had started doing a lot of interviews and doing a lot of shows and and had put the record out like march 1st uh, of last year yeah and and did a few uh, album release shows and then everything else from there was like either tv or pbs or um uh virtual you know so um so we're just gradually we're gradually kind of i i i want to revisit this record and and we're releasing a couple of more um videos and uh and and then same time i'm 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 working on another record you know trying to trying to finish some songs Uh, overachiever well no i I would hardly (laughs) say that i'm pretty slow i'm I'm pretty slow are you a disciplined writer i always like to ask are you the type that sets time aside every day just to get in the practice or is it when the mood strikes no i i I just I, i write a lot i mean i I mean, I mean, and I do a lot of other things. I do music and I do other things, but I'm always kind of writing. I'm always kind of writing and I'm always kind of investigating stories and, and, and issues and things that, that I'm trying to sift through how, how to present something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That way it can relate to the audience and we can say, oh, I'm not alone. Thank you. Right. That's right. <laughs> it's a great feeling when you hear music that way. How... Uh, has it been challenging or difficult to to keep all of those relationships since everything went down, or were you in touch with everybody? I mean, what do you, what do you do personally when things are tough like that? Wow, I'm on. I'm going to tell you. Um, so we were rehearsing a lot. It was myself and John Small, Johnny Hot, uh, you know, from House of Freaks and and Cracker and um and uh, several other guys. And man, it was just like uh, we kind of scattered like like church mice and uh it just uh it was so disconnecting you know you know after you know you stay in touch but after a while it's just very it's just very isolating and disconnecting and and so so really they've kind of kind of got to relearn all this uh music again uh you know a lot a couple of these guys still haven't played all that much you know um so we've got to learn learn the music again and and uh 
And, and, and I'm bringing in a, my guitar player who's played on every record I ever did. And, and my early demos, he lived here in Richmond, and then he moved to Nashville and became extremely successful. His name is Mike Durham, and, and Mike is coming back, and he's going to play. And he's just he's just incredible. Um, so it's, that'll be really, really fun. Nice. Yeah. How long have you been in the Richmond music scene, and what do you like about it most? Uh, you know... Well, I, I grew up just outside of Richmond, and I left here and went to college, and then I was in New York a lot and in L.A. a little bit. And um, um, But but this has always been my base. And, you know, um, when I, I, I was... I, we had a, a lot of the... A lot of bands had a lot of the same labels coming, flying in town, uh, to see them in the, in the mid and late 90s. And it was a, it was really uh, it was really a, a rich and a kind of exciting time musically. There was a lot of stuff going on, and um, and a lot of bands ended up getting deals, you know. And and um, I, I had a lot more camaraderie with you know I, I'm of a different generation than these guys now, and I don't know as many people intimately uh, of the younger generation, you know. Um, but but it's. It's uh, um, it's it's a it's a really rich you know music town. Um, I you know, agree. I I, I kind of came along, um, you know, when the, the Ernie's, Pat McGee, Fighting Gravity, and 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 Dave, you know, played a lot. All of all those Dave Matthews, and we all played a lot of shows together. All these guys, Edwin McCain, you know, when Edwin, and then later, you know, we would, you know, I, I would tour a lot, and with this the same kind of group, you know, you do stuff with with uh, people from that same generation. Blues Traveler, I did a lot of stuff with Sheryl Crow, a lot of stuff with, you know, some Train, and just, it's just, kind of, you know, I'm of that ilk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I came out of that, so we would all, I would I would do a lot of opening shows for those guys. When I, after I got my deal, I was, you know... Uh, they had they had had big hits by then, you know those guys. Well, so. touring that much, what has been one of your most memorable performances? Wow, <laughs> yeah, you've covered a lot of ground. Oh man, we we I've played played a lot of shows, um, and we did a lot we did a lot of things, and we were joking that my the very first of these shows was Michael Lilly. Oh yes, it was. He was the yeah. very first. Yes, and 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 Michael and myself wrote together early on. He kind of he was kind of a mentor, you know. I, I was. Seventeen or eighteen, those guys uh, had a big following, and and so um, um, I ended up playing shows with a band, and then sometimes I would be, um, you know, opening a show, and and Michael would come and and play guitar and sing, and he'd be doing his own shows, but he did some shows with me with Bob Dylan, and <laughs> very memorable. I, I was playing with Good Shot Judy Wednesday. Um, I love that. I, all, I went to high school with Brett. Mm-hmm. That's right, man. They're awesome. They're I, incredible. They're, they make me so happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was somebody in the audience was asking me about Michael Lilly, and we were just talking about one of the most memorable uh, uh, performances is opening for Dylan in Atlanta. Michael came down, um, and we I started a song, and I started the song, my song, with my capo on the wrong fret. And and if anybody plays music, it it was so bizarre. That was that was that's probably my worst moment in in musical oh, history. No. I, Did I, you bounce back? I mean, were you able we, to? We we I bounced back. Sure. I, I, I slid it up. Yep. You know, but he he was always right. 
Um, you know, so he's always where he's supposed to be doing the right thing. I, I'm, I'm the one that, that wasn't focused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, but we have had a lot of, a lot of memorable to get to that show. This is, in, I think this is like in a bio, but to get to that show, I flew, put my stuff in a rental car, went in, got a key, drove another two hours to Atlanta, got to the Coliseum, opened up the trunk, and I didn't have any guitars or any clothes in it. She had given me the key to the car next to that. <gasps> <clears throat> So, so that was a, that. That makes that, that. That's memorable. That's really memorable. <laughs> so I thought I was going to get sick, um, but and Michael had, and and so the the car with your things in it were two hours away. Yeah, yeah, and I was only there like an hour and a half before the show. So Michael pulls up. He's like, "Okay, we'll go across the street to Kmart, and you can get some like really stiff jeans and some dark clothes." And uh, and actually, actually, I ended up borrowing Bob Dylan's D eighteen. Oh my. Yeah. And you never washed your hands I know, again. <laughs> I know. So that, that, was, that was memorable. What kind of music do you listen to? What, what's, what do you listen to for your own enjoyment? You know, we were, we were just talking about this. And I mean, I've listened to everything from, you know, from, from jazz to, I, I just, I, I love listening to, it's made me listen to the American Songbook more, listening to, uh, to Good Shot Judy. And, uh, I mean, I love a, a lot of new music out there. there. There's, you know, there's tons of great, uh, there's tons of great singer songwriters out there, and you, it's just so much music you can't really, uh, you, you you can't consume it all. But I, I still go back and I listen to, you know, that string of like Jackson Brown records in the '70s. It was just re- remarkable, um, and you know, I'll listen to. I mean, I listen to just I listen to a lot of music from the '70s. I still go back and listen to "Laid Back" by Greg Allman, which was oh, like a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I listen to a lot of. I'm just listening to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What venues do you like to visit here in Richmond when you like to see bands play? You know, I haven't been to a lot of venues lately when I'm not playing, just because I've been to so many venues for so long. Oh, I um, bet. You know, I I haven't been. A lot. You need a little breather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what uh, What was your first piece of music that you ever owned when you were younger, and what format was it on? Well, it was on a it was on the 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 album oriented. No, you know what? No, when I was a kid, I, let me tell you, when I was a kid, really, I mean, really young, like six, seven, I would save my money and I would buy 45s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I can remember, um, you know, buying Elton John, little Elton John singles, and I'd walk around. I was like seven, six or seven, and I would take a hairbrush and I would sing, and I, I would be, you know, Elton John. And, um, man, I can, you know, I, uh, like Glenn Campbell, my dad listened to Glenn Campbell, and he was such an amazing singer. Uh, I really realized that later in life, how, how actually how good he was, and uh, and you know I, that group of people really, you know, like your parents listen to. Sometimes you you listen to that when you're a kid, then you get away from it. You come back and you listen <laughs> to that stuff. Well, you want to rebel. You want to think I don't I want know. to like anything my parents right. like, and then That's you think, right. all right, they had some good taste. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's have a little taste of what your sound sounds like. <clears throat> this is a track called "Stay," correct? Yes. What's the story? Tell us behind the studio here in the studio. 
You know, this writing this song is kind of an amalgam of of different of different things. It, it's really about you know, it's about relationships, and it's not just about uh, romantic relationships, but it kind of is, and it's about being dumb early on and and not uh, not always saying the right things, not always making the right decisions. Uh, and, and it's about how it's about being young and broke. And then it's about it's also about just being there and being consistent and and being and coming back day after day. And and so I, I say as, as the song has gone on and on, um, it, it encompasses more than just, you know, all kinds of relationships. And it's the people that are there, you know, that 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 continue to be there and uh, and 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 it also it, it's about it's about relationships are more than than physicality and beauty you oh. know especially as we get older oh you know? yeah you know and we get set in our ways yep. and <laughs> well here is a snippet of stay beautiful i love that build and the crescendo now when you write you write the lyrics uh do you write the music parts as well or do you let musicians flesh that out for themselves no i I kind of i kind of just beat it into the ground until it exists you know um most of the parts you know a lot of the parts i i write um that's incredible um when you were here last year for shaco sessions you sang a song that i thought was so incredibly interesting. It was from the perspective of the Statue of Liberty. Oh, yeah. I just thought that was the neatest concept. Um, so tell me about that song. You know, um, um, it's it's called Old Habits, and, and it's just the Statue of Liberty. And, and, and we're going to do it. I'm going to do a video for that because I'm like, I'm like I, I hate that I didn't get that out or, or didn't get this, that song didn't get to say anything. And it's a Statue of Liberty, and she's she's saying, "Okay, nobody's helping me. Sometimes I feel like I'm doing this by myself. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand this flame to somebody, and I'm gonna go out west, and and I might paint or or bike ride, or or mountain bike. She doesn't know she's that tall, you know. She she doesn't know she can't find pedals for her. <laughs> like a big dog that thinks they're a lap right, dog. Right, <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. And. And uh, and she's thinking, you know, we've we've got to develop, 
you know, we can't keep the same old habits all the time. And so that's, that's, you know, and, and it just, it just talks about anger being like drink for drowning men, you know, and, uh, and, and she's like, we, you can't stay angry all the time. You know, we can't, we can't be angry all the time. It takes too much energy. I was just going to say, it's a useless emotion. Now, when you write the music for all of the other instruments, do you play all of those instruments? No, no. Okay. Well, and, and, and let me let me take that back. I'll, I'll, everybody does their own, you know, everybody's super talented and, and does their own thing. And like like Stuart Myers played bass, and we all came up, and, uh, and Scott Lane played guitar, and, and, um, and, uh, um, just we we just so many musicians you know played on the record, but uh, but it, it you I kind of come in there a lot of times with a demo and the demo kind of has the idea and the little parts and and everybody takes it and they make it better because yep. they're they're yep. all they're great they all bring these, themselves to it mm-hmm. yeah these guys were really these they're they're really talented you know this is a Richmond yeah is a rich it's a rich place for great Daniel Clark oh he's fantastic you know we went in and did the the initial week at Montrose um and 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 I ended up recording more and more songs but the initial week and Daniel had such such a great idea um great ideas for arrangement and there was one song and and uh and it's like one of my favorites called Not Broken and Daniel said man this is really your bridge he's like I think this is your bridge this needs to happen one time you know it one time say this one time and I'm like, okay. So we sat around for a minute, and I wrote a a, a course, and he kind of helped me. And he he's like, okay, that's your course. That's perfect. And you know, he just he has a great conceptualization. He and, oozes it. <laughs> and you know, I want to be in the studio with. I want to be surrounded with guys that are all smarter than me. And so that's <laughs> that's a great way to be because. You kind of know what you can do, but you want to be with guys that can do all kinds of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those guys. You got any good stories of uh, your first instrument or a cringy first band? <laughs> you know, I was always a solo guy, you know, for, for so daggone long. Um, um, I, I, I played, you know, my, my first instrument, I, I, I'll tell you what's, well, I'll tell you this is kind of funny. So I took guitar and the... Um, uh, somebody was doing some work on my my Gibson, and I t- I took guitar in the eighth grade, and uh and my dad had like a 1937 Gibson that he and his dad had bought when he was 13. Uh, and it was used. It was just, but it wasn't that old actually. He bought it in the early 40s. He was with his paper route. Oh. And, and uh and it was a J45, and uh and so. He said, "Well, you can take the old my old Gibson, you know, to class, not actually knowing what it what it was worth." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Dad, that's so embarrassing!" So I got him to take me to Emporia from where we live, and we I bought like a we bought like a sixty dollar Venture or something, you know, that was a horrible guitar, and I was very happy with it because oh, it, sure. it was shiny. It was new. Yeah, yeah, it was shiny and it looked glossy. And uh, and then I, uh, my bridge broke, and I had to take the old Gibson. And my guitar teacher said, "Let me put that in my office during the day. You take it home, and I don't think you should bring that back to school." <gasps> wow. Yeah. 
And did you did you recognize the cool factor then, or no? Did it not a, sink a in? A little bit, a little bit. He's <laughs> like, you, you really, sh- really can't, shouldn't bring this to a public school, and so mm-hmm. yeah. So that's funny. Uh, but you're a kid. You, I'm thinking it's not shiny. Of course, of course. And then it's it all pretty. comes back around. Yeah. Where in the country are you most? Have you played internationally as well? No, no, really. We just. I think I played in about every uh, every state except mm. for. I think I missed South Dakota. North Dakota. <laughs> just one little square. You know, we um but we I've been most mostly mostly here. Mm-hmm. Just in the States. Where in the country do you feel either that people most connect with you or that you feel most comfortable playing? I I'll say outside of Richmond. You know, um when uh um so so I I I got a deal with Sony in the late nineties and we put out a record, then I I put out another record on Sony Red and then Universal. And we we had a couple of of kind of, of AAA hits. Um, and so we were on probably 150 AAA stations. So so like like I toured, you know, a lot out in Colorado and and um, like San Francisco, K Fog. Th- those places that had in Boston, I don't even know if the stations there, WBOS those were great stations, great shows, you know, places where like Matt Kearney, David Gray, uh, we all had records out. I'll tell you who had a record out at the same time. And we, we were playing festivals. It was like 2000 and we all had just had a record out and, and we were doing a, it was a Rolling Stone billboard slash festival up there. And Patty Griffin's Flamin' Red had come out. And, and that was, I didn't, I was like, just walked over I'm like, holy cow, she's wow. amazing. And uh, so everybody kind of had come out at that time with, and and, da- and David's record um, had come out a couple of years before and then was re-released. And then all of a sudden, um, Babylon became really huge and he sold like 10 million records mm-hmm. after selling like 100,000. Um, so, but but there, there were really great pockets. Um, in this area, at the time, I'll tell you what. What I played mostly at the in the Tidewater area for a while because I was managed by Bill Reed and he was the president and ran Cellar Door. Oh, I remember. Which, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. And they had the the Bayou and and uh, you know all, all the places in Virginia Beach and the amphitheaters here and you know so I I was always at those places before while I was making a record and before the label put me put me out it was the coast there was a station called wkoc in virginia beach it was an awesome station um eric warden and um uh he was a dj there was like a les wooten just a great group of guys and it was just like the it encompassed tidewater and the beach and they were around for about 10 years and they really kind of broke my record um yeah and uh they kind of broke it and then the old uh, program director had gone to WBOS, Lauren McLeish from there, and she kind of broke the record up there. And then the next nice. thing you know, you have about you have about thirty stations playing it. And then yeah. you know, so but but Virginia Beach was always really you know I was always doing a lot of stuff in Tidewater and Norfolk and. Uh, well, your music has that great reflective style about it. You know that that laid back. Uh, introspective, reflective uh, things that you would do at the beach when you just need a timeout and you can get quiet and you can let those thoughts sort of process and do their thing. Yeah, it. it I mean, it. it music played there. It, you know, actually in B one hundred three, 
at that time played the music all the time. It was the early early two thousands. This guy said recently, uh, I was like, "Yeah, you sound really great." I was down there, and he's like, "God, your name's you. You used to play music." <laughs> I was like, I, I did. still do. I was like, yeah, still, still alive. He was really funny. <laughs> I mean, he's he's young. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's kind of the way, you know. I, I went a long time and didn't really play a lot up until last year. year oh, before. really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of took a long break, and then this was a monumental effort to make this <sighs> record, and then to you know to get a PR company, and then to start doing all of the, um. Interviews. It was. It was still interesting how busy, you know, I, I, I could be, um, virtually. Yeah. Uh, you know, that they were setting setting you up. You know, we we did songwriter nights out of the Bluebird. You know, and, and I would do them from the my home base for all this was the Beacon Theater in Hopewell. So they would just open it up and they would just set up the lights and I would film from there. And it was really, really fun. I probably did ten or fifteen things there. I, I would do the, do the uh, DC Channel News, you know, and um, and the, the the Coast Acoustic Hour, which is the uh, Eastern North Carolina show for you know Channel Twelve. So mm-hmm. anyway, well, I'm glad that you didn't get defeated. You know, I'm glad <laughs> taking such a long break and then thinking, you know, I want to go ahead and re-enter and then having it hit you full stop. It, I'm very grateful that you said, well, I'm chugging along. <laughs> you know, and I, I appreciate that. And, and you know, I'm not somebody was saying, well, what, what do you want to, to, to have come out of this? I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I was going to ask, what's going yeah. to define success for yeah. you, Kyle? <laughs> you know, success is defined a lot differently these days. Of course. Um, but I, I really, at this point, I really just wanted, uh, you know, I really wanted to make a record that said, that that concisely said some things and uh you know like like old habits uh i i I hate that that we i wanted to wait to put out something about that i mean stay got a little airplay because of the video and different things we shot that video for that in in church hill and 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 that kind of spawned a lot of different left different things and we put that out before the record came out so that that kind of helped and we put out another video i believe they call that generating buzz kyle yeah i guess that's 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 and so um you know it's successes success is really about trying to say something and then and then having a few people get it you know you know it, it it the people that inspire me, really inspire me, are people that have, really have something to say, you know. And and there's, I wish I was more fun and more exciting. I mean, I wish I was the, the dance band, you know, <laughs> but but I'm not. And, and I, and, and I, you know, I, I want to write a good, I want to make good records, you know. Oh, were there incredible, like I said, the, the, the piece about the Statue of Liberty, boy, that just really struck me because it, the concept was so unusual. It wasn't anything that you were necessarily going through. It wasn't about, it wasn't about a typical human emotion, yet it was. It was, yeah, that was just yeah. an incredible marriage of bringing two incredibly different ideas together. I yeah. thought that was really Thank you. cool. Thanks. Very cool. Well, what do you do when you're not playing music? You have well, any weird collections or weird hobbies or <laughs> No, you, you know, I, I, I um I, so so I also work some in real estate and and I do a little bit of building and 
and uh, and and I enjoy the the art aspect of that. Uh, you know, I really do. Like like uh, I I remember, I remember I was doing a, a commercial. I, I used to do a lot of commercials for a long time, for probably fifteen or twenty years, and I was doing a commercial, and and I had a a, a guy with copywriter. He said, "You're." Your songwriter who wanted to be born as a builder, you know. I mean, I, I mean, I, I love, I love wood and cabinets, and I love stone and granite and that stuff. So, so I do, I do that. But you know what's funny is what I really enjoy doing. This is probably telling of my age. Is so built a house kind of out in the country a little bit, and just have a huge screened-in porch, and there's a bunch of deer and turkey and you know it's so funny it just I, I just enjoy a little bit of simplicity much more so than when I used to like to stay on the go all the time oh it's incredible what what age will do to you it is. and how you can appreciate it I would I would think about a woman sitting on her screened in porch watching the birds while sipping coffee and think oh kill me if that ever happens to me and in now my... that is my happy place oh, I, absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. hundred uh, percent. No obligations. Just, oh, there go some cardinals and some blue jays. Oh, there's a hawk. They better be careful. Oh, that squirrel went under there. I mean, funny? it's I, a blast. Yeah. It's a blast. We get a little window into nature. You know, they're, they're, our, our worlds are colliding. I love it. I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I had a little kid ask me, what are you looking for? I said, I don't know. I'm just looking. I said, I'll let you know if I ever get to see it. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah, yeah. That's very sweet. So how much longer do we have until the next record is out? And then what do the next six months look like? It seems like you're gigging a lot. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. Do you enjoy the social media and marketing aspect of what you do? You mentioned having a PR company. So do you get to solely focus on your craft? Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to become a little more adept at it. Um, because they've they've tried to get me to do a lot more myself, you know, because they don't want to like walk me down the street and, you know. But um, that's not my favorite thing. And and and, I, and I'm always going to do something and going to post something, and then you you don't, and the next thing you know, I've gone a long time. And, well, it's not timely then. Yeah, I know it's crazy. But it's incredible when somebody has a knows what they're doing and they start they start creating this this buzz around, you know, I, I, I say I was amazed. So they released a, a little single, you know, o- online and without the video and had two or three listens. And then they, I mean, two or 3,000 listens kind of in a couple, in four or five days, they released the video. And, and then you have like 15,000 like overnight. And and that's just the the visual aspect of everything is tremendous. It is. And throw a dog in there and oh my gosh. I mean, and you, you recently posted a a picture of a dog who had gotten into something at your house recently, right? Oh my gosh. And I bet that had the most engagement that you had seen in ages. It's both of my, both of my, um, I have a little black lab collie and then I have a black lab and they, I came in and I didn't even show all the destruction, but, um, but man, and, and then the, the the bigger one, the big one has so much personality. And then I kept looking at him, 
and and he was he would just look uh-huh. from side to side. He would not even look at me. Uh-huh. I think but, I commented that I have lost hours of my life oh my watching goodness. bad dog videos or guilty dog videos. They are hilarious. People create montages of eight to twelve minutes <laughs> of people walking in a room, and the dog can have food all over its face, and the you know the human is like, "What did you do?" And the dog just looks down or looks <laughs> away, like, "Wasn't me." <laughs> that is so funny. I mean, they 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 have such their emotions are so it's amazing. They are the best. I can't imagine life without them. I know. What does the rest of this calendar year look like for you, and what are you hoping for twenty twenty two? Well, I I'd, I'd love to. Um, you know, I I'm still waiting for some more things to to open up, and and then you know, a, a couple of guys that were one guy in, in Nashville, in Virginia Beach, so they were functioning as some agents. A couple of them have kind of retired. Um, so. I want to play, do some more band shows, um, you know, so I, I guess it's it's really, I, I've been doing a really cool thing, well, I've been doing, yeah, with, with Brad, and he's kind of expanded what he's doing, with the, he played Cajon, mm-hmm. and now yeah. he's playing Drop Drum, and he plays the Brushes, it's kind of become this real hybrid thing, and I think it's gotten really interesting, so I've got that, that I really enjoy doing, and, and then I love to play... Now I'd love to do some more shows with Johnny and John Small. And um, I should mention Brad plays all that typically folded like a pretzel or upside down or in some crazy yoga pose that you can't imagine a human can contort into. It's crazy. You know, <laughs> he, he can play. He Instead of putting a kick paddle on it, he just sits there and kicks with his foot. And I, I would be cramping up. Are you and, serious? Yeah, he just, he'll just kick for for. 30 minutes and, and use this kick. I don't know how you can do that. It's like a machine. Wow. It's wow. the yoga. We, and we, it is, yeah. And how much longer until the next record is out? You know, I, I mean, I, I'm just beginning. I'm just beginning. Gotcha. And, and then usually I record, and then I usually I re-record, and then I re-record. <laughs> I'm terrible. And then it's ready for the world. Yeah. Is that perfectionism? Is that? <laughs> you know what I think I'm going to do, though? You know, I was talking to to Whitney, and... and uh. I think I'm going to finish the first couple of songs, and I think I'm going to just. I think I'm going to release one at a time. And um, everything, every. I mean, everything's a game changer now. Yeah. Every, there is no standard. There is no normal. There is no. This is the path. This is the way. I think um, when you find, as we talked about, it could be a dog in your video. It could just be posting a video versus just audio. I think when you find what works, you just do it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you don't. Why make the whole record, and then give you know release the whole thing at one time i think it makes much less impact than if you could just every every month and a half i i, I mean i think that's that's definitely something i think i'm interested in doing i think we call that a, a pusher and enabler right you get yeah. people hooked little that's, by little if you can do that so <laughs> hopefully i can do that always leave them wanting more yeah. <laughs> where can people go for more information um kyle w davis music on facebook or dot com and uh the website and and everything should be um everything should be getting posted i mean i i've i've actually been playing a bunch um and and i've i've got a bunch of dates that are going to go up soon so much okay. more can't wait to have you back again now um, that we're more established and we know what we're doing <laughs> oh man you, you guys are just it, this was just great and and the, the concept and and you the the way you handle it and and the way uh, Carlos and Paul, and this is just a great. Um, this is this is something people need to 
to be tuning into and listening. It's like a little mini Austin City Limits. You know? We agree. Yeah, <laughs> well, is. we will see you very soon, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to us for the podcast on all the usual suspects. And of course, be sure to tune in every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. YouTube, Facebook, Twitch for Shaco Sessions Live. That's a wrap.